Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, back from his family vacation in the Nebraska wilderness, Mr. Shane Beauregard. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm doing well, buddy. How you doing? I am good. It is All Hows Eve. We survived probably whatever was a hell night on Friday night, I guess. Do you have that kind of stuff around you? Anything? I, Toilet papered or uh, egged at all? No, the South is lame, dude. I would bring that up to my clients, <laughs> and I don't mean to get in the weeds. I'm like, man, like we used to call it mischief nights. What we called it growing up. Right. And they yeah. and they look at me like, what the heck is that? I'm like, dude, like egging people, toilet paper people's houses. Like you guys actually ran around and did that. I'm like, we lived for it. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. But no, they don't they don't do anything like that down here. They never heard of it. Wow. So it's just, I, it may be just a regional activity thing, man. Maybe they just do it all year round. They just don't have a name for it, you know. <laughs> right. It's just anarchy down there. You don't know. <laughs> But good to see you, man. Uh, I'm I'm just so happy. You know, it's just so refreshing after doing Martin Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon last week to get back to cinema. You know what I'm saying, Shane? Getting back to the real stuff, you know? And that's why we're going to do Five Nights at Freddy's. (laughs) Just in time for the Halloween season. uh, Doing day and date. Did you, like, have a seizure about this, too? I was like... Why we do it? Like, I get why they would do it in terms of, like, they want to have people to have this for Halloween. But at the same time, I'm like, good God, why didn't you just release it earlier in the month? And I guess everybody got scared of Exorcist. The whole schedule got screwed up to the point of this happened. Like, so what did you think about it? Because like, I-, I was befuddled by it. Are you talking about the performance at the box office? All of it, yeah. Like, I was surprised that this happened, like, a day and date still occurs, because that's, you know, a COVID relic. And then on top of it, it goes above and beyond expectations. I was, uh, honestly, this is, to me, when I saw the number, because I think I messaged you what it did over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, you did, yeah. And I think it went above what you sent me, too, by the way. Yeah, it, it blew me away. I This is the most shocking and surprising box office weekend of all year. Like, I know Barbie wildly exceeded expectations. Right. But that's a well-known That's a well known IP from a well-known director. Yeah. A great cast. So, surprising, yes, but, like, shocked, not really. This one, because they marketed it minimally. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of advertising for it. Nope. And for this kind of movie... We'll get into it to to blow all the numbers out of the fuck, excuse my language, freaking water yeah. like this. Yeah. Like it blew away all the Halloween entries I read. Dude, like uh, just even this year, like Exorcist bombs practically, you know, Saw X did fine. You know, like all the other quote standbys that came out earlier in the Halloween season, you can call them mild disappointments or disappointments. And then this thing comes off the top rope, does $78 million over the weekend while going day and date, 52 international for a 130 total. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And again, I get this as IP. I get this as a video game thing. But Jesus Christ, people could just literally sign up for Peacock for the less than the cost of a ticket thing, stay home. And it still did way above the, it was like in the 50-something range was the target. And, yeah. and it still went to 78. That's crazy. 
on a $20 million budget. It looked like and, less. And an IP that's not well known. Like, it's not like I didn't know this was a video game until my daughter said, Dad, this is based on a video game. Oh, I'm like, yeah. really? They have many. Like, there's okay. five or six of them now. Okay. So I had no idea, but for $20 million. And I, I was telling my clients, they're like, oh, what does that mean? It made this much money. I said, sequel. <laughs> I said that we're getting a sequel. We're getting a sequel. I guess. I, I like, all right, let's get into Come it. Come on. Let, let, and, yeah, okay. I agree, I agree, but I'm so mad. <laughs> there shouldn't be a sequel. Let's put it that way. There shouldn't be a sequel. There but wasn't there a plot be. to this movie. We'll get into it. At all. all right. Yeah, we'll get into it. Here's another thing that you'll probably not see again for a long time, Shane. All right. We just talked about the box office thing. Now let's talk about the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Did you look? I knew it wasn't doing well. Here, Here's another hemorrhage that you're never going to see again. 29 for the Rotten Tomato critic score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 89 for the audience score. That's a big gap. That is absurd. Obviously, this is like, you know, to the point of like, it's almost like, it, it made me think of like GameStop, like the 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 retail stock kind of thing, where like <laughs> they all got online and went after one thing. It's like, did the collective all all the teenagers in the world just go? I've never gone on Rotten Tomatoes before, but I'm going to go and give a hundred percent to you know this movie. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, so it, it blows my mind. I mean, the rest of the scores kind of make sense. Thirty three Metascore. Uh, 5.6 IMDb, 2.7 Letterbox. By the way, that's a little high, I thought, for Letterbox too, considering that's like the cinephile section. Really, dude? Yeah. 2.7? Good God. So if anyone doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, Five Nights at Freddy's, <laughs> based on the video game series, oh boy, uh, it's about a troubled security guard who begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, uh, now like defunct version of this uh, is not active it is a long time closed all that uh, during his first night on the job he realizes that the night shift won't be so easy to get through pretty soon he will unveil what actually happened at Freddy's this stars Josh Hutchinson from the Hunger Games as Mike he played Peter Malark I believe right mm-hmm. yeah and and hold on I want to say that I, I think I accidentally said the R. It's my worst thing with the Hunger Games. Does this bother you at all? His name is Pita. It is Pita. Yep. Yeah. Like Peter Bread. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's like double E. It's so dumb. It, it made yeah, me it so is. mad. Um, Piper Rubio is Abby. Elizabeth Leo is Vanessa. Here's where it gets even weirder. Matthew Lillard as Steve Raglan um, and possibly another person, but that's a spoiler. Uh, Mary Stewart Masterson's as Aunt Jane. Also just baffling. Uh, written by Seth Cutterback and directed by Emma Tam- Tammy. Excuse me, Emma Tammy. Yeah, like we said, <sighs> release day and date on Peacock. Um, and this movie, if it does get a sequel, I think I think that's the end of Peacock, I hope. Uh, that somebody will just uh, firebomb it to make sure that nothing actually <sighs> comes out from this movie. Because, Shane, this movie made no goddamn sense. And here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. You said you don't know much about the video game, right? The thing about the dead children possessing the animatronic, you know, kind of Chuck E. Cheese band kind of thing that's going on here. That's from the video game. I was like, Mm. what? 
And I'm like, is everything from this from the video game? And the rest of it, I can't find. I can't find, like, you know, Josh, uh, you know, like the whole Mike and his sister and his brother who got abducted, like that whole thing. Not part of, you know, Freddy canon, uh, if you will. But yeah, this, it, the, the audience scores, everything about this movie makes me think that society has crumbled or that we're living in a simulation. So help me out, Shane. Did you have that same vibe as well? Oh, man. Listen, I, this is a head scratcher. It really is. And we kind of talked about it at the top because there are some movies that could surprise me. Like, let's say Megan came out and did this. I'm like, okay, I could kind of see that, right? Totally. But this kind of movie, which is usually a Shane movie, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I was looking kind of, I was kind of looking forward to this movie. Yeah. I was into it until I saw the movie and I'm like, what the F is going on here? The plot made no sense. Like he's finding his brother got kidnapped and maybe had some connection with Freddy's, but that was lame. And I saw Mary Stewart Masters. I'm like, is she that hard up for a paycheck? She's in this fucking movie. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. This movie made zero to little sense at all. And it's like I, my daughter saw it with three friends, and I'll get into that later because I told her. I'll Please, use her sc- I need to know their reactions. Well, first of all, I'll t- I'm going to use her score for my score on this on this podcast. All right, I can't uh, tell I whether her, you're being kind. I can't wait. No, wait, you'll wait. I'll, uh, it's a surprise. But I'm like, dude, all the kills happened like in the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, and nothing yeah. else happened after that. Like, it was not a horror film. No, it was so lame. And so boring. And the Matthew Lillard character was confusing. Like, why? Like, they never got into, like, the the why he was doing what he's doing. And, the, again, the children in there, they didn't really show that a lot. Yeah. It's like they're making forts and stuff. And then it's like, oh, my God. It just, like, what are you doing? It's so baffling because this movie's so bad. This yeah. movie is so bad. It's not a horror movie. And I'm appalled and disgusted that this movie did so well because we're getting a sequel we're getting a sequel whether you like it or not this movie made meg 2 look well thought out yes like this movie is just troubling to watch like it if anything because again you and i grew up you know 80s 90s all that stuff there was a million like straight to video horror movies that i've seen over the years that made no goddamn sense but at least they had the knowledge to be like, this is camp or this is crazy. Like it's dumb. So we'll just get either like cult status or, or we didn't spend a lot of money on this because it wasn't IP. It was just, we're making a dumb horror movie. This movie is like funded because of the success of something that already exists in the world. And it's still bad. Like you had, I don't know if that actually gave this movie more of a seizure in terms of the the plot because to me when you're watching it did you feel like it was two movies like in a sense of like it made me feel like somebody wrote a script about like a ghost story of some sort about an abandoned place and people were like you know what we have this five night at freddy's thing that's been sitting around for three years Let's uh let's combine efforts. Let's uh let's just toss in that the abandoned place is the you know fat uh Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, and then let's just toss in the whole thing because if you put the two kind of main plots side by side, you know this guy can't sleep because he's haunted by his brother, 
uh, at a young age being abducted and he's tortured and still has to watch his sister and is trying to make ends meet. That sounds like one movie. And then there's another movie where there's this creepy guy who uh, killed a bunch of kids, abducted them, however that whole thing goes, had his own child cover it up over the years, and then somehow they like she knowingly knows this is going on and didn't do anything about it forever. And then also they happen to intertwine to where they both somehow merge in the same plot to where he also abducted. I, I like I couldn't make heads or tails about what was going on. Pardon the pun if anyone took that for a rabbit joke or anything else. But like <laughs> uh, this, like if anything, the only thing I can say about this movie is that the animatronic things look kind of cool and that's it. Yeah, but they didn't use it enough. Like, I agree with you. It's like they had two separate stories going on, and it's like the daughter who Matthew Lillard got to, like, cover shit up. All of a sudden, you're going to use Mike to come out clean to? Like, watch out. Like, things aren't with it. Really? Yeah. Like, and did they ever say what happened? Because for, like, the first 10 minutes, I thought that was his daughter that he was taking care of, not his sister, for, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, they do explain it at one point where, uh, I guess... Yeah, spoilers a little bit for this movie, which God help you if you think that's what's going to keep you from watching this movie. Um, It should be the scores or our disdain for it. They explain that after the brother, God, after the brother got abducted, that the mother either killed herself or something. And then like the father just ran away because he couldn't stand it. Yeah which is a very common thing or whatever. So then it yeah. all was left on him. But again, they really casually throw that in. It, and I don't <clears throat> even know if the timeline matches because in all those flashbacks of the brother getting abducted, the mother doesn't even look pregnant and there's the sister's not there. So the age gap is bizarre if you consider yeah. they would be traumatized from having their son be abducted. They're like, cool, let's have another kid. What? What is yeah, happening here? I, I never understood that. And maybe I dozed off or something, but I, I couldn't fully understand why Mary Sue Masterson was trying to submarine Mike in this movie. Like, why? He's a low life, whatever, troubled, job to job kind of guy. What was her purpose in trying to submarine him and getting the, the her niece back? Or, I don't know. Like, no, it they was, literally say it's a money grab, which again doesn't why? make sense. What, what money? I know they literally put a sentence in there saying that she wants, quote, the checks from the state. And I'm like, what are you talking about? If you took over this kid, you're a working adult. You're not getting checks from the state to take over the welfare of this child. What? That doesn't make any sense. And I mean, if anything, why didn't you contest custody when the adults left the first time, you let this guy grow up and take over and try to do it and then has successfully raised her without any red flags and now you want to do Nothing makes sense. No. And again, they threw away an opportunity because this movie, like, it's one of those movies that you can see kind of potential in it because you said the animatronics were cool, the, the way they would, the, the robotics and everything was cool, but... Everything else fell flat. It's like, use what you have. Yep. And it's like, there there was not even one jump scare. There was nothing scary 
about this freaking movie because again, yeah. everything, all the kills happen in the first twenty minutes, and then absolutely nothing yeah. until Matthew Lillard shows up yep. in the last ten minutes of the movie. And even when he popped the rabbit head off, you're like, "What? Like <laughs> what?" <laughs> well, no. If anything, I was like, "Yeah, who else would it be? You introduced nobody else." Ugh. Like it's obvious. So I'm looking at this thing, right? You got a a script from basically a, a person who hasn't had a successful big time script before. And then it's directed by someone who on the same level with direction hasn't had right. like a known movie with the same thing. I'm sure that they took this script and was like, we have gold and then passed it to every director <laughs> and was like, no. And so somebody just, you know, decided, okay, I'll take it because people are going to see this, you know, and they'll get, get my name out there. I might get a sequel out of it, get a couple checks Good God. I mean, like, you're right, though. This is the point, though. If the script is that bad and you're trying to shop it, no good director is going to champion this thing and make it work. So it's all bad. For, like, it's all just a mess from the beginning. So yeah, yeah this is a movie that if I'm laying in bed on a Friday night and I come across, I'm scrolling through Amazon to find out what horror movies. And this has like a three point five star out of ten. I'm going to throw it on in the background. I'm going to check this crappy movie out because right. I know it's crap because it's got a 3.5. Right. This is a movie you just stumble upon Shudder or Hulu Original or something of that nature that you know is garbage, yes. but you're going to watch it anyway. Right. That's exactly what this movie is. Instead, it's number one at the box office probably. I didn't even look. Is it number? Was it number one? I assume it was, yes, right? by leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I always I forget how you know the Taylor Swift thing has left my brain. To where I'm just like, okay, did, where where is everything landed? Let me take a look. I'm curious. Yeah, latest weekend. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's, eighty million. So I guess the, even yeah. even from the last time I checked it, it's gone up two million. Eighty. It, Taylor Swift got fifteen point four. Yeah, and Martin <laughs> Scorsese got nine. It's oh Christ. You know, it crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Martin, have you seen like Martin Scorsese? Uh, got like Joe Russo slammed his like tiktok thing because his daughter oh no because uh his tiktok uh that he does with his daughter scorsese does this uh i don't know if you've seen them and uh -uh. on the tiktok i'm sure it's public somewhere about like this beforehand but his his the dog's name is oscar okay because he's oh, fucking martin scorsese and that's his daughter right right so joe russo did a like almost like you know like this is a 90s rap beef did a video where he was like, oh, we have almost the same dog, has this dog, and then calls his dog, who he's, he named Box Office, just to be like, <laughs> your shit doesn't make any money, practically. Because uh, to clap back from the whole Marvel thing from years ago. It's like... Exactly. Man. But dude, and then the internet just destroyed... I'm just saying, all this, Killers of the Flower Moon, to date, has made $85 million Fast Night at Freddy, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, domestically almost made that number when they also were available on Peacock. The yeah, world dude, it, is upside down. It made $16 million just on Sunday. Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. Now, again, tis the season. It is the Halloween moment. But I know. So many people, <sighs> and you know this, you, like as a parent and as a person uh, beforehand who loves horror movies, Usually, the later you're in October, that doesn't work for the movies. You need a ramp. You need all those weekends 
before it turns into Halloween parties and and Halloween night, right? Right. So if anybody should have been like slam dunking everything, it's Exorcist Believer or Saw X. Or the Nun 2. Or right. Nun 2. Right. Because they had the ramp. This movie had no ramp and fucking blew them out in one weekend. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm at a lo- I'm at a loss. This movie has me at a loss. Yeah. Then you gotta fill me in because outside of like saying things like, is this the worst cop in a movie ever created? Because you like knowingly know horrible things about a place and the people who are perpetrating it, and then you still even like you're on your beat. You're working and you go to the scene of the crime that you're covering up all the time just to fucking go and hang out and whatever and then threaten the security guard who works there to be like, how dare you bring a child in here? Lady, how dare you cover up the truth for fucking decades, you monster, you fucking idiot. So that's already doesn't make any sense. So we can we can talk about that if you like. But outside of that, I, I want to know your daughter and her friend. Like, I need to know if I'm uh, we're just two old cranks going, fuck this movie. We're two old cranks. OK. Oh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> My daughter went with four friends, all who are the age of 12. OK. So I watched it on Peacock that morning because we we're supposed to watch it for movie night. And then she got the invite. She's like, Dad, I'm going to ghost you. I'm going to go with my friends. I'm like, all right, cool. I could watch it in the morning. Yeah. So I was anticipating her to get home because in my mind, I already scored it. I'm like, this is what I got. Right. All right. What do you think here? Out of five, what would you score this thing? You know what she said? What? Boom. She gave it a four out of five. Oh, no. <laughs> so she's one of these people who would type in the Rotten Tomatoes. And I said, what did you like about it? She goes, I thought it was fun. I like the puppets. There's kills. And I'm like, Kara, there are only kills in the beginning of the movie. Like three people died. Yeah. Three. Yeah. It's the beginning she- and end. It's bookended. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But they all had a blast with this movie. And I can't figure out why. So my 12-year-old daughter Scored it a four out of five. I gave it a 1.5 out of five in retrospect. If you want to compare the two. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm going to give it. And sometimes I feel guilty about the 0. 0.5. I know. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, there's really no redeeming value. This movie should At have all. been. It, you know what's funny is that in a way, if I saw the movie that your daughter's describing, I might be like cool it's two and a half but it's dumb but i had fun this movie's not fun no it's not camp i thought this movie was gonna be campy with jump scares dumb animatronic things that is just i was like okay because you have a frame of reference probably to these things let alone like the the chuckies of the world or any of these like literally there's a movie called chopping mall that was also called demonic toys or whatever i think at one point too those movies is what's dumb. This movie takes itself really seriously. It's so serious. It has child abduction and child murder as its backbone. This is a movie about fucking animatronic animals killing people. Yeah. And and uh, and literally a creep that when whenever they kept saying the yellow rabbit, I kept thinking of the yellow king from True Detective. Like it's like that level shit and we're just like, "Yay!" Yeah, no. It had me thinking, you know what was a better movie that did this a couple years ago? The Banana Splits. Oh, I never got to see that. That was actually funny, right? That was supposed to be like a comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a funny it's a funny horror movie 
Same premise, these animatronic fucking dolls that we grew up with watching those stupid little promos they would cut. Yeah, yeah. Was a better movie. Oh, so shit. So go watch, go watch the banana splits. I will. I'll go. I'll go check that. I I heard that was pretty good actually. So that's funny. It's- yeah, because you know what you're getting into, and it delivers on the stupid cornball over the top, like you all described what this movie should have been. It, that's what the banana splits was. Yeah, and you can find that on Hulu right now. Ooh, look at that! A recommendation and a landing location. <laughs> He's doing all the legwork right now. Yeah, no, I'm completely on. I I, I don't know what the fuck Letterbox is doing with the 2.7. I'm way more on the you know meta score early you know the rotten tomato score and and i don't mean to beat this in the submission yeah but the banana splits movie critic score on rotten tomatoes is 63 percent. audience scores of 57 so there you go the world's unfair shane i told you we're living in a simulation also i love the fact that you said you got ghosted by your daughter to see this movie about ghosts inside an animatronic <laughs> thing also wonderful everything's good um except for that score so i'm sorry your your daughter is disowned if you're ever like hey we should have her on the podcast i'm going to immediately just uh quit (laughs) and you guys could do that yourselves um so with that said uh there's not much else on the schedule here buddy but i mean like we uh i know my review this week was for uh what's on netflix was uh for pain hustlers the emily blunt chris evans andy garcia movie uh about uh, fentanyl crisis, opioid crisis, however you want to put it, uh, and that whole thing. That movie was uh, a frustrating watch for me. I watched it twice, and I, I just kept trying to think, like, where things went wrong a little bit with it. I'm curious oh, to know. Boy. Okay, so you, uh, obviously, with your little uh, uh, look there, doesn't look like you. You were on my side, I guess. Yeah. Maybe even harsh. I'm curious. Yeah, no, I agree with your review, man. Like you said, it's you know benign. Uh, it's kind of uneven. Yes. It's exactly what it was. I felt like this was a movie that was superficially sweet, but had no substance once you bit into it. Like, totally. We never got any character depth with Emily Blunt or Chris Evans. You didn't care about any of the characters in, the, in this movie. It didn't really dive into the opioid crisis and what it actually does to people outside of like her motel neighbor. You find out, sure, oh, you know whatever, right? And the one black guy, oh the blanket, the bla- oh no, the blanket, yeah, yeah. They had the black and white vignettes or whatever, which made no sense because it didn't. It just was uneven, yeah. And I love Emily Blunt. I love. I just have a soft spot for them, but like everything was just like on a superficial level. They never dug down deep into anything, no. And I was disappointed. Like it's like I bit into a jelly donut without any jelly inside. It just was the chocolatey sweetness, and there was no storytelling. Again, for such a crisis, they didn't go into like what it actually does to people, the consequences they were, what they were doing. Everything was just like just again on the top. It was everything was here where we didn't get to see anything underneath. And I thought they missed an opportunity with this cast. Absolutely. I thought Emily Blunt and Chris Evans worked well together. I, I actually yeah. liked them together. Yeah. But what a letdown, man. What what a letdown. It was, especially because it's something that, you know, we've seen recently work where you saw that uh, the Michael Keaton series on Hulu. Netflix just had that Matthew Broderick led one where it was kind of a similar thing where it was the Purdue Pharmaceuticals. That one's called Painkiller. I'm struggling to remember the Michael Keaton name one, but that won a bunch of Emmys like that was very successful for Hulu. 
And yet here we are where it's like you got the movie version and Lord knows I'm, I don't try to tell movies that they should be miniseries or anything. And especially cause this one, it didn't seem like they had enough meat on the bone to get the two hour movie to work. So why am I going to tell them to do it in six hours? But this woman, yeah, it's, it's a wasted Emily blunt performance because like you said, everything is surface level. It's all shine and nothing to, to do it. it it felt like it wanted to be Wolf of Wall Street level. It wanted to be on the, uh, you know, even big short to where you can have fun, but also, you know, destroy a, a, a crisis that's going on, an active crisis that's going on, and really, like, take these people to task. Did you feel like these people got taken to task at the end? It was like, oh, nope. that happened. She's literally, like, at a market with her mom, like, nothing ever happened at the end after she went to jail for a very short amount of time. Okay. Like, I I felt more about, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character doing soft time at the end of Wolf of Wall Street more than... Because at least, like, that was a crazy roller coaster, and you saw so much in that movie to really, like, feel for it. This did nothing. This no. did absolutely nothing. And the sad nothing. thing is, as I'm watching it, like, was it entertained? Was I entertained by the movie? Yes. But I just felt like... Kind of. Again... Yeah, I was entertained, but like I didn't feel anything, no emotion towards the movie. Because, and it, like you said, at the end of the movie, like what, Chris Evans got thirteen months, and she got like twelve or something. Like it was like a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Like, yeah. At the and, most, like the one guy got like five years or something. And here's so. what bothered me too: Did you notice <laughs> how Chris Evans' Boston accent would come and go throughout the movie? Yeah. That's very like common. Her too. Yeah. To be honest, she would like, when she had to get more serious or go lower in her register, she sounded like she had no accent anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, but the Chris Evans had like thing a I southern noticed, accent of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he would go real Boston in some scenes and yeah. then other scenes, not at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then don't even get me started on the Andy Garcia character. I'm sure that oh, guy God. was a loon. So I try to take it as delicately as I can, but good God, that just, I I didn't like whenever he was on screen, it was just itchy. It was stupid. It was, I don't know. I I didn't have a lot of takeaways, which a movie about, you know, fentanyl. uh, No, because they never hit the subject really, man. Like, uh, yeah, the the one black guy they followed, it's like, they never really showed what happened, you know, like, and then the wife gets all upset in the house and I'm like, Okay, then let's see the fallout of what really ha- how addicted he got to this stuff. No, they didn't show it at all. It's like, yeah, okay, and I can play with my kids now on the beach and I feel fine. Yeah, and anytime that they would try to, well, they did finish that guy's story because the wife came in and like was screaming. Yeah, at so the I'm doctor saying she's all she, screaming, but well, because he almost died, because uh, he almost OD'd or whatever, or he uh, right did OD, but they revived him. Something they mention it, but the but either way. That's an off, off, offshoot that they're talking about that doesn't fully work. And then on top of it, they try to get serious and do like a parade of people just like holding up frames of picture frames of people who did die that we never met. Who cares? Stop this. This is not the movie you made. So like everything just didn't. It was up and down. Nobody knew what kind of movie they wanted. And honestly, the reason I don't want to I really don't want to take this guy to task. But why is this movie directed by David Yates? He's doing Tarzan and Harry Potter for 20 years, and we're going to be like, you know what he should do? 
a movie about fentanyl. Now, I don't know if it's like close to his heart, which, God, I don't want to take a guy to task if he's trying to do the righteous thing, but your movie didn't work to to satiate that. So no, I don't know what I you're doing. The, I thought the best performance was the actress who played Emily, Dun- uh, Emily Blunt's daughter. Yeah, Chloe Coleman's the good. Best par- yeah. yeah, I thought she was the best part of the movie. But even her little side story with the uh, seizures, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't connect with that either. But I liked her performance the best. Of all, all the performances in this movie, I thought she was the uh, the star of this movie when she was on screen. I, I loved her on screen. I like the, the strip mall doctor, too, because he no, actually he makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But let me ask you, Shane, because it's bothering me. It, uh, people are probably just going to tune out now. But, like, her brain surgery... Who paid for that? Because she got denied from the bank, went to Andy Garcia. He gave her some speech about how she needs to to hustle more and use her her yeah. you know pain as fuel. Never mentioned anything about giving her the money for it. She went to the feds to whistleblow. Got and, all her money taken away. Right. And and then going to be brought up on trial. And yet the surgery still happened. Uh, yeah, you know what? You make a great point. Maybe she stashed it away like Tony Soprano or something. But she I, I, she I needed know. like eight hundred grand. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. I, I totally forgot about that part. I totally dropped the ball in that. Yeah, yeah. Garcia gave her that speech in the pool. Like, yeah, like you said, use yeah. your pain as hustle. Let it fuel you. Yep. I'm not giving you the money. He's like, when my wife was dying, I just you know, I found I found another gear like this creepy cold story right. that he said said nothing about giving her the money and, and she her, never went to chris evans for the money right and she didn't stay long no and then she he threatened to fuck it like she wanted he wanted her to die he's not giving her money and then on top right. of it uh she didn't stay long enough for her stocks to vest that's right that's right so who knows man so uh, or at least so they say in the timeline right. of everything so i don't get it i didn't get that at all so even for things that quote worked like performance of her child, her timeline makes no sense. So no, you know who made out in the movie was the CEO they fired. Yes, I know. And they kind of like <laughs> cheeky kind of like make that a point, but I was just like, good run, good on him. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't get fu- he got walloped, but he didn't die, and then he walked away with a bunch of money. So good on yep. him. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. But um, yeah, I'm glad we were on the same page with that. Like to me, again, if we could have done half stars i'm giving it two and a half you know because it's like some stuff worked some stuff didn't and you know whatever i think again because i think we have to do solid stars i think i gave it three but it was like an un un unauthorized three you know yeah I- i'm with you we were in the same boat initially when i got done with the movie because it was fast paced and i was like all right this is entertaining i gave it a three but the more i sat on it and thought about everything i'm like no this is a two and a half yeah i think i gave it a th- three on letterbox because once i put it you know how i do with the marvel rankings when we talk about a marvel movie i'm like well i did give this one this so i did that for like what i scored for uh the the netflix movies so far this year and i was like well it's probably a three because right. the other two and a halves are like well i think i gave murder mystery two three i'm like uh <laughs> i think it's probably safe to give this one a three that's fine um so good job by you, man. Like, so any holiday uh, Halloween plans for tomorrow night, or is it just uh, boring old, uh, you know, no, just sit I'm, home and watch Charlie Brown or something? 
I, I wish. I'm taking the boys out, my son and two of his friends, trick-or-treating on the neighborhood. Nice, nice. My daughter's going out with uh, her friends because she's at that age. Uh, and then that's it, man. Trick-or-treating just, or uh, just a hang? Trick-or-treating. Ooh, okay. Because she said, well, she goes, uh, I'm 12. It's probably the last year I'm going to go out. So I'm like, yeah, that's about the age good where 12 is like, yeah, the, yeah, the cutout. So she's going to go out for one last hoorah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so that's it, man. Other than that, just kick back and chill. Probably watch one more Halloween movie. That's it. Yeah. I'm watching Halloween H2O tonight, which is a very underrated entry into the Halloween series. Very true. It's a fun one. I like that one. It is a fun one. Michelle Williams, Josh Hartnett. Sneaky good. It's where that series probably should end it. Yes, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I I dig that one. So that's a good pick. I I don't know. Last year I felt good because um, was it last year was Black Book or was that the year before? No, last year. Last year. So I think because that came around, I got I watched Sinister for the first time, uh, his previous movie, uh, or like his previous horror movie before he went Doctor Strange and all that stuff. So I I was thinking like, should I do something like that on Tuesday night? You know, like tomorrow night should just uh, fire up something I haven't seen that like the whole world seen and just kind of catch up on a horror movie. So I don't know right. if I should do that. But yeah. Oh, you mean Black Phone? Uh, right. black, black phone, phone. not black book. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, black phone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if I, you know, if there's something I should uh, check out or rewatch or any of that stuff. So I don't know. I don't have any. Throwing other... an oldie. Yeah, just throwing an oldie, man. Yeah, like I literally have, like you've known because we talked about the Nun two just a few weeks ago. I've not watched one movie in the Conjuring universe. So I told you before, Annabelle creation. That's worth watching. Is that the first Annabelle movie, though? Second one. So I can watch that and not know yep. anything and still be just fine. Correct. Okay. What about Correct. the just The Conjuring? Like, should I watch The Conjuring? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, absolutely. should I just start yeah. from the heart, you know? Like, go, yeah, go for that. start from the heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I was thinking about that and, you know. There's certain ones like it, it just blind spots, you know, because the, I don't know if you had this too. You're we'll end on this, but like you have kids of a certain age when they were young, young, it was super hard for me to watch like a lot of movies and especially not to go out to the theaters. So, and it was before like every streaming platform was created and everything else. So it's like, ah oh man, like, like if, if I think about like my daughter was born, you know, in uh like she's, she's going to turn nine tomorrow night. She's a Halloween baby. Um, so that makes it, God, my brain, 2014. So like anything around 2013, 2014, like wife getting pregnant into like the earliest, like done. I, I probably watched just the Marvel movies or Star Wars movies or whatever, like, and then tried to catch up over the years, but like complete blackout, especially with horror. Yeah. Cause you can't watch them around like, you know, nope. little kids or anything. So it's like, it's, it was really hard. So if uh, if those movies all came out around that, I, I just never involved myself. So maybe I should go back and just look up those years specifically and be like, what I miss? Because I think Sinister is part of that. And yeah, that's, it is. That's where I missed it. So, yeah. All right. Got some homework to do. Um, you enjoy trick-or-treating, all that stuff. Nobody ever comes around to to where we live around here. It's all trunk-or-treat, safe stuff, and then nobody goes out for actual Halloween so we'll see. Maybe I'll dress up and be weird by myself. You know, something <laughs> just like and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Just get hammered, dress up like a pirate and just have a good time. <laughs> Whatever. 
<laughs> plunder myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> doing the goods. But um, excellent job by you. Great episode. You too, even though we had to watch Five Night at Freddy's, uh, terrible Ugh. time. Uh, but everybody out there, do the right thing. Subscribe. Give us the five star reviews. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Recent Act Pod. And join us next week because we got a lot more uh, to come. We got Priscilla out next week. We got, uh, I've already seen Nyad, the the Netflix movie for the week. And there's, uh, of course, some Gen V and uh, some Loki talk that we got coming up. So be sure to come back for more recent activity.